All right, um, this morning we're going to get into a really powerful element of what God has done for us. We've been talking a lot about your story, your song, and today we're going to talk about a word we don't use a lot in our vocabulary, but I really think we should, and it's the word praise. We're going to talk about why that's so important, but let's pray and then we'll get going. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we just thank you for the worship this morning. It's just been so good. And so, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll be with me, and I thank you for the power of your word. And Lord, how difficult it is sometimes with life to praise you, but Lord, the power of learning how to praise you. So, Lord, be with us, strengthen us, and it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Okay, I'm going to start a sentence, and I want you to answer it, and uh, here we go. The sentence is simply this. I want you to look past this entire week, it's kind of flown by, and answer this. Uh, when you look back over the week, God, thank you for, fill in the blank, thank you for what? Anything. What was it? Love? Good. What? Grandchildren. Nice. Love and grandchildren. Yes. Who? For kids. Yeah. We need to thank God for kids most, most of the time. Okay. Anyone else? Give a couple more. Health. One more. For having Christ in our life, okay? Well, that's a sermon. Hope you've enjoyed it. It's been good. Um, I want you to turn in your Old Testament to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It's a really unique story in Scripture. Uh, Tim Thompson is preaching over on the east side and, and a while back when we started just kind of comparing what we're going to talk about. And I started reading this text, and i got to be honest, this is so powerful. Because this is something you can put in your life, and I need to put in my life every day. When we talk about thanking God for all that he's done, that seems to be pretty easy to do. But when we say praise God, for some reason that sounds a little churchy. You know what I'm saying? Like in-house, we say that, but at work, what if you'd say praise God for the coffee and donuts today? Or Seriously, it's the best. It won't be long until what? They're kind of shunning you. So you say, boy, I'm just so thankful for God. But you think about it, I think there's a huge difference of being thankful and actually lifting up praise. And that's what we're going to get into, why that is so critical. I love this quote. It says, the more you praise and celebrate life, the more there is in life to celebrate. And then this is by Jean de la Brorine. Anybody know who that guy is? I have no idea. I think he plays for the Cubs. But anyway, here's, here's this quote. I love this. Praise all things is the most powerful excitement to commemorate actions and animates us in our enterprises. That everything we do when we praise, it gives us life like we can't even experience. Come, let us sing, Psalms 95 says. Come, let us sing for the joy of the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is great and great king above what? All gods. We need to praise God more. So this morning we're going to talk about the priority of praise. And if you've got your scriptures, this is so important. Now let me give you just a little bit of background. The king at the time was Jehoshaphat. And they were going through one of the most difficult times in the history of Israel. And I want to just share briefly what's going on. He gets word that uh, 
the enemies of Israel. You know, they have finally found the promised land, but the enemies are not happy, and they are all working together to basically surround Israel and just basically run them in the ground. Matter of fact, if you back all the way up there, it's interesting when you get to uh, verses uh, 10, it says this, but here are the men and they, and these are the enemies from Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whose territory would not allow Israel to evade when they came into Egypt. So they turned away from them and they did not destroy them. But now they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of our possession. You see what's happening? All these enemies now are surrounding them and they're closing in. The storm is coming. Now as a king, when you know that within 24 hours you are going to war, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, if you're like me, I would be thinking, boy, I better get my leaders together. We better put together a strategy. We better gather all our weapons. We better, I mean, just make this huge punch list of all the things. Uh, we, we better find a way to communicate to all the folks that they need to get ready for battle. And what's interesting, do you know what Jehoshaphat chose to do? To hold a worship service and to praise God. Now, that seems pretty odd, doesn't it? Because he realized we're not going to win this thing without God. Remember, I got love Proverbs 21, 31. It says, be ready for the battle. Every day is a battle. Would you agree with that? It's not every other day. It's not every, every week. Every day, we have to be prepared for a battle. Ezekiel 38, 7 tells us to get ready and to be prepared. So my question is, how do you start your day? I want you to think about that. How do you start every day? Are you preparing for battle every day? So I'm going to read a, a few quotes about the morning, and I want to see how this applies to you. And here's why the morning is so important. The, Israels, uh, the Israelites, uh, one of the Ten Commandments was to obey the what? Sabbath. And uh, when we think of the Sabbath, we think of the Saturday that they set aside as a day of rest and a day of worship. But what's interesting, the Sabbath didn't start on the morning hours. Do you know when it started? The evening before. And the reason why the Israelites were like, you need to prepare your heart for worship. Now, I want you to think about all the Sundays that you come in here, and do you feel prepared for worship? Or are there Sundays you're like, I just need to survive this thing? You know what I'm saying? You're just wiped out. And then think of all the mornings that you dread the morning. You just don't even want to think about the morning. Prepare yourself. Are you kidding me? I'm just wanting to be alive, you know. And there's just a lot of folks, honestly, they don't even like morning. So I'm going to read a statement or two, and you tell me the first one is just simply raise your hand. You don't have to put a lot of effort in this, okay? This is a quote. It says, uh, a lark challenges my heart every morning. And I answer the call in the brightening dawn, chirp, chirp. Yes, I will give it my best today. That's by Terry Gillowant. How many of you want to stuff a square donut in Terry's mouth? Would you raise your hand? Okay, good, okay. I just want to get on the same page. Here's another quote about mornings. Warning, I'm up, but I'm not awake. I cannot be held responsible for my actions until I have my cup of coffee running through my veins. Raise your hand if you know someone like that. Keep them up if you are that person. Okay, there it is. Okay. How many of you agree with this? This is a former Hoosier, Jim Davis. If people were meant 
to pop out of bed, we'd sleep in toasters. Raise your hand if you agree with that. There we go. There's a guy out there. He's a, he's a teacher uh, out in California. He's won all kinds of awards. He, he's just an amazing guy. He writes all these quick quotes and blogs about life. He, he surfs. I mean, he's, he just attacks life. Full throttle guy. And so his, one of his quotes, his name is Jeb uh, Dickerson, and I love this. He says, morning is when the wick is lit and a flame is ignited and the day delighted with the heat and the light. We start the fight for something more than before. And I love that. I think every morning, even if we don't like mornings, we need to approach every day with, Lord, I want to be battle ready because potentially there's a battle coming. And if I'm ready, Lord, and I'm right with you, then I'm okay. But if I'm not right with you, I'm going to lose this battle. And every morning we need to approach God and just say, God, I lay my request before you. Psalms 5.4, I would love for you to just keep that marked in your Bible. It's an amazing psalm. It just tells us every morning, just prepare your heart and let God do what God does. How do you start your day? 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out. And 1 Peter 3.15, be prepared. You see that theme? Be prepared in season and out because there's a battle coming and we need to praise God. Can you imagine that day when he, and he does not pull any punches, he says, listen, we are surrounded and the storm is coming and within 24 hours, there's a lot of us that are probably going to lose our lives and we're going to praise God. We're going to take time and we're going to praise God. My guess is some of you this week, when I asked the question, uh, thank God for something, you were having a hard time because you've had a hard week. And when I mentioned the word battle, you're probably thinking, John, you have no idea what I've been through this week. But even in the midst of most, the most difficult times, just keep praising God. Think of the people who've had a great impact in your life. And my guess is it's because when they have been through adversity, somehow they just keep praising God. And you know there's something so deep in them. And you want that. I know I want that. Praise God before the battle even begins. And then second of all, look at 2 Chronicles 20, verses 20 through 23. And now the battle starts to unfold. It says, early in the morning they left the desert and they set out. And Jehoshaphat stood and he said, listen to me, Judah, and all the people of Jerusalem have faith. The Lord is with you, and he will upheld us and the prophets before you, and we will be successful. And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to guess what? Sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out ahead of the army, saying, Give thanks for the Lord. His love endures forever. And they began to sing and praise. And you're like, wait a minute. You're going into war. How could you possibly be singing? And that's what they did. They just praised God right in the midst of the battle. Whatever battle you're facing right now, he is with you. Now, this is just simply my opinion. Sometimes it comes straight out of God's word, and this is not out of God's word, okay? So you can fall asleep. This is just an opinion. I read this quote years ago, 
and I put it in motion, and I just got to be honest with you, this is so true for me in life, and I think it's, a, it's helped me to approach days when I know there's a battle ahead. You know what I mean by that? You know, the night before when you can't really sleep because there's something coming the next day. Maybe it's a phone call you know you need to make. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's something, an email you know you got to send. There's a meeting you've got to attend, but there's just something, and you know it's coming. Now, our tendency, I know mine is, if I know there's something really difficult coming, is I want to put that off as long as possible. And I realized that really wasn't healthy. Mark Twain, years ago, said this, if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. Now you think, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard, you know. And then I realized how true that was. And when I have really difficult days, one of the things that's hard to do, but one of the things that I do is on my to-do. How many of you here keep a to-do list? Am I the only? Okay, it's almost obsessive. How many of you write things you've already done on your to-do list just so you feel good about yourself? Good. Yeah, I, I do that all the time, too. I'm still alive. Check. You know, and so I go through that. But now what I'll do is I'll write the toughest thing I've got to do, and I tackle it first thing in the morning. And i got to be honest with you, that has really helped. And that's a great time when you get off that phone and you've made that tough call. That's a great time to praise God. Just say, God, thank you because you helped me before I made this call. Thank you because you helped me through the call. And thank you right now that this is behind me and I, I need to move forward. But if you just keep putting off the most difficult thing till the end of the day, how's that day going to go for you? I know how it goes for me. And it just ruins my day because I get anxious and I start to worry about it. I'm like, God, I surrender this to you and I'm going to do it the very first thing in the morning. It's a way for us to stay connected at all times with God. We learn to praise him. We need to stay connected at all times. Now, here's why praise is so important, because we are a fickle people. Would you agree when it comes to praise? Now, let me pick on myself and all the a lot of the people in the room who like the Indianapolis Colts and like NFL. Raise your hand if you like NFL football. Get them up high. Okay, good. Three of you don't. That's okay. But anyway, here's what's interesting. You ever have one of those Sundays you come to church and you're like, I'm exhausted. Man, I got nothing left. And you just slug through the service. You just, and you crawl out of here. You get in your car. Isn't it interesting? Within an hour, you put your Colts jersey on. You turn on the TV. Woo! You know, you just... What just happened? You ever wonder that? Like, you can transform like that. Just crazy. I, one time I was at the farm, and Marie's mom and I, we weren't arguing, but the, they were all planning on going shopping the day off after Thanksgiving. They were just all excited. And I'm like, put a gun to my head. Why would anybody do you got to be kidding me. You're going to fight these crowds. And, and I said, you got to be honest. It's a, that's a dangerous situation. You're putting yourself, you know. And her mom looked at me and she goes, oh, but you'll go to a ball game and how far will you walk? And you'll get in that stadium and you'll scream your head off. What do you think about that? I think you're right. Okay, okay, you know, we have these times in life that we are so like, man, we are praiseworthy. You ever wonder if God's going, hey, seriously, where'd the praise go for me? I mean, I've given you everything and you're carried away about a group of guys that you don't even know. And honestly, they could care less. They don't like you, but you're giving everything you can for them. 
there was something that happened um, over several years that I, 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 I realized one day, and uh, it, it just, I don't know why, but I had my camera, and it really touched me. So I want to show you a picture of uh, one of the family members I've never talked about. If we can bring up my picture of, that's my dog, Ban it's our dog, Bandit, okay? And he is, uh, he's a mutt, okay? We got him out of a, a no-kill shelter, and he's a mix of all kinds of things. But uh, one of the things that Bandit absolutely loves is when we would go to the farm, uh, Maurice folks, because there's no leash laws on farms, and I love, and he just, just goes crazy running. But I love to walk at the farm, and there's a, there's a, a section of roads I walk, it's about four and a half miles, and he absolutely loves to walk with me. He will go with me every time I go on this walk. And we have this ritual. And I realized he does this for four and a half straight miles. Every time he does the same thing. Comes up, I pet him, I start walking. He'll sprint about 50 yards, turns around. He'll look at me, sprints back to me. Not to where I can even pet him. He just wants to be like, like right, just almost like within my shadow. Looks up. Boom, takes off, turns around, looks at me, runs back four and a half miles. I'm like, dude, you got to be bored. I mean, what is up with that? And one day it hit me. I really think that's the relationship God wants with me. It's like, go, go, go. I want you to. I think people think God's got us on a leash. Like, I don't want you to have fun. Seriously, no fun. Get out. Matter of fact, how many of you think when you talk to people who don't go to church, who don't, they don't buy into Christianity at all, but they look at Christians and they think you are the weirdest group of people because you should be so excited about life, but you gripe all the time. You ever, you ever feel like that? We ought to be the folks that people go, there's something about them that is different. I think God wants us to draw into his presence and, then, and just like every morning, like, do you, I'm with you, I'm with you, go, go, go. But I also think throughout the day, he just wants us to kind of turn around and go, Hey, God, I just need to draw right back in your presence. Okay, that's good. I'm good to go. And that goes on all through the day. That's how praise works. It's not a you show up one hour a week. It's a relationship every day. God is saying, pull close to me. Philippians 1.7 says that we should be praying for peace. That's part of the praise. God, you're giving me a peace beyond understanding, and that is worthy of praise. Now, here's the coolest thing that happened in this story. They prepared for war. In the midst of the battle, they've praised God and they're ready for war. And they show up and you'll never guess what happened. These enemies all showed up. Remember, three separate enemies coming in on Israel. The problem is not only did they hate Israel, guess what? They hated one another. And uh, boys will be boys. And they started fighting, started fighting a little more. And you know what they did? They wiped each other out before Israel even showed up. And so Israel shows up and they're praising God. You know, this is a brave heart moment. And they look around, they're like, nobody's here. But they've left all their stuff. And they're like, what do we do? Get their stuff. So they start gathering all the stuff. Now, can you imagine how that changed everything? That changed everything. What an amazing surprise to be ready for war. And God shows up and he surprises us. Has that happened to you in the last few weeks where you were really worked up about something and God showed up in a way miraculously that you can't explain? You know what? God 
loves surprises. Here's the thing. Every parent and grandparent, you've experienced this. I guarantee it. You've got this great surprise for your grandkids or your kids, and you can't wait. You know what I'm talking about? And you roll it out, and they're like, they're bored. Oh, that's fun. And they leave. Now, how do you feel when that happens? I mean, after you spank them. But after <laughs> that happens, you're like, really? You know, I put a lot of effort into that, and I really thought you, okay. You know, that's what God feels like. How God just sometimes shows up, he surprises us, and we are so, like, disconnected. Like, I tell you what I'm guilty of is, and maybe some of you too, I love my cell phone, but I also got to tell you, I hate my cell phone because I'm too connected to my cell phone. And I get home, and, I'm going, and I, I sense sometimes God's like, wait, did, did you just forget what just happened today and how I showed up? I'm too busy doing other stuff. Remember, God is with you, and he's with you all day long. And then last one, I love this, is you praise God when the battle is complete. Verses 27 and 28, I love this. They were going back home, and they were led by Jehoshaphat, and all the men of Judah and Jerusalem, they returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. And they entered Jerusalem, and they went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets, Man, that is worship. They're waking up the entire nation and they're saying, you can't believe just 24 hours ago, we thought we were going to be gone and we're here. We praise God before the battle. We praise God going into battle, but we need to celebrate what God's done after the battle. We need to celebrate the victories that we've had in our life. All of us need to learn that lesson. All of us need to realize the power of celebrating and lifting up praises to God all the time. There's a great book I want to recommend, and it's called 1,000 Gifts, A Dare to Live Fully Right Where You Are. And I'll be honest, it's a tough read. It was for me. Ann Vascamp uh, really had a, a really difficult childhood and dealt with depression and a lot of issues in her life and came to the point that she took out a pad of paper and began just, uh, I believe it was three entries every day, finding ways to just praise God. And she got up over a thousand separate praises. And she said what happened is it just began to build her faith in a totally different way because she was intentional about praising God. Debbie Beasley's with us this morning. And here's something I always remember about Debbie. We uh, she used to work with us with our college students, and Debbie would have this really detailed prayer list, and she highlighted it with all these colors, the rainbow of prayer. And I remember saying, hey, Debbie, what's that about? And she goes, when God answers prayer, I highlight it. And whenever I get down, I look at that list, and I'm like, oh, he's moving. He's always moving. Find ways to praise God. Find ways, if you need to, to write those things down, because God is worthy of praise and we need to be victorious as we lift up. Hebrews 13.8 says, Remember the hope that we have today, for God is the same what? Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He never changes. God is faithful. I can't imagine what that praise was like that day. But what I love is all of the instruments and all of the voices being lifted up. Now, uh, a few years ago, my daughter 
Danielle came home, and she, uh, it, this was like January, it's, you know, gray and dark and ugly, you know, and she said, Dad, I got a video you need to watch. I think it's going to pick up your spirits. I can't, I'm embarrassed to tell you how many times I've watched this. Uh, and it's uh, Chris Tomlin, uh, there's a conference every year called Passion, and there'll be like 20,000 college students. And so there was a song Chris Tomlin did called God's Dance Floor. <laughs> you might have liked that, I love it. Years ago, um, Short Oak still does this. Might want to cut the tape on this so I don't get in trouble. But anyway, um, they started this tradition. They have it's a harps at Christmas, okay? I'm not against harps. Please hear me out on this. I'm not against harps. And so the first year, I took our high school group to, to, to hear the harps. And if you, about 10 minutes of harps, I'm like, can't you do something with that? So anyway, anyway, they're, they're just playing this. And so anyway, they're, they're laying down the harp deal. And that went on for about an hour. And I'm looking over at the high school kids, and um, believe it or not, they weren't in it. And uh, they're looking at me like, you know, they kind of look at his parents like, you know, I seriously don't like you. So they gave me that look. And, and so finally they wrapped it up. And, and, and uh, Tom is just so gracious. He goes, you know, I just think perhaps that's what heaven's going to be like. And I leaned over. <laughs> Barry, this might have been you. But I leaned over, and I'm like, oh, man, I hope not. And the kid goes, I was kind of leaning towards Van Halen. Yeah, me too. Me too. Now, sometimes people picture heaven as you're on, floating on clouds. Brum, brum. Oh, there, there's no way. You, we can't fathom. We can't even fathom the praise of heaven. We can't. The reason I love that video is, you know, it's just, it's just the, everybody's just going nuts. There's no cultural divide. There's no gender divide. There's no Republicans or Democrats. It's just, let's just praise God. And don't you wish you had like a tenth of energy of that guy bouncing around? And then, then when the guy comes out with the sombrero and throws down the trumpet, I'm like, that's heaven. I think just about the time we think it can't get any better than this. It just got better. And I just think it just keeps amping up. I think God is saying, man... You don't have to wait till you get here to experience me right here. That's what praise does. You praise God in the morning. You praise him through. But you know what? You praise him at the end of the day. You say, God, you got me through another day. And you know what you do the next morning? You do it all over again. And that praise will draw us close to God. I want to have a word of prayer. And I want you to just be thinking about, Lord, am I seriously praising you? Am I lifting up praise to you? Do I live my life in a way that I'm, I'm thanking you for everything you've done? Am I doing that? I just want you to pray that. And in just a moment, uh, we're going to take communion. And we always have our prayer team available to talk to you about anything. They'll pray with you about anything. About being a part of this family. About giving your life to Jesus Christ. They're here for you. So let's pray. Holy Father, we come before you right now and we just want to praise you. We praise you for everything you've done. Every morning, Lord, even if the mornings are hard, Lord, help us to just connect with you and praise you. And Lord, I pray that through the day that we'll find ways to just keep reconnecting with you. And then, Lord, at the end of the day, that we just celebrate life, celebrate all that you've done for us because, Lord, you want us to have these these days that are just a taste of heaven, which will be the ultimate time of praise. Thank you 
Thank you for loving us so much. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.